Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights October Industry Highlights. I'm Natalia França Rocha, content producer Vita Foods. Today, we are showcasing some of the key highlights across Vita Foods and the nutraceutical industry, offering a little context on how we might accelerate your product ideation and go-to-market strategy. Earlier this month, we hosted our VitaFoods Europe 2021 hybrid event, where we covered a range of topics, some of which we will now deep dive into. First, with so much focus on the human microbiome and consumers' digestive health, at VitaFoods Europe, we had our own probiotics resources center stage, where we covered a range of relevant topics, including all of the biotics term, probiotics, prebiotics, parabiotics, postbiotics, and symbiotics. We also saw in the exhibition floor, as part of our startup pavilion, that the spin-off company, CGT, was embracing the term of eubiotics in relation to human health. It's important to note, however, the microbiome differentiates between people and age groups, as Nathan Gray, director of Nutracetic, highlighted at Vita Foods. The microbiome shapes how we age. There's a distinct decline in the microbiome diversity as we age, and that might not be a bad thing because an 85-year-old probably needs a different microbiome to a 25-year-old because they are biologically very different. And proper nutrition is vital to healthy microbiome in aging. Jennifer Cooper, CSO of LPS Health Science, also dived into a new science, innovation, and the evolution of the probiotics market. The prebiotic data lends itself to both prebiotics that could act more in the way that we think probiotics do by modulating the actual commensal organisms, but also provide support. This is great validation for symbiotics. So what's next? One of the giant shakeups coming in this category for all of us that love probiotics is that there's very little research that validates the multi-strain that the innovation we've had in the categories, just the little arms race, right? To the point of changes in the industry, Graham Robinson, research executive at Giract, touched upon how unconventional products are on the rise to meet yet unmet needs of consumers. Probiotic cultures is still very opaque. We speak to a lot of end users. In fact, a lot of the work Chirac does is speaking to manufacturers of food and beverage products and supplement products and asking them about the ingredients they use and why and what challenges they have and how much they pay for them. What's clear, actually, is in a lot of applications, you can use the same organism and use the same probiotic culture, but with a different claim, it will carry a different premium. Next. Let's look at Woman in Nutra, a topic importantly approached at the event for industry stakeholders to consider women's participations and inclusion in the industry. Highlighting the key takeaways from one of our interactive roundtable discussion, my colleague Heather Granato shares some very important considerations on the topic. This idea that you could have more empathy, more flexibility in the workplace. The bad. While you had this flexibility and you've got mom's home and helping with the kids and she's doing the homeschooling as well as the work, she's also got this increase in mental load. So we talked a little bit about how do you address that anxiety and depression that has led to a lot of women actually leaving the workforce. We were talking with Tracy Kantowski who talked a little bit about this idea of a she session, not just a recession, but women who are actually stepping back. Julia Weeb 
also talked that you've got a lot of women who have decided they're going to step back completely. When that happens, particularly in the STEM science professions, you're not publishing, so you don't have the opportunity to have the same career development over time. Considering woman in academic research, Dr. Louise Burke, Chair of Sports Nutrition at the Australian Catholic University, talked to us about the importance of considering and planning for female-only clinical trial research. When we look across all sports science and sports medicine disciplines, only about 30% of the participants in research in these areas is undertaken by females. But when you look more closely again, you can see the area in which there's the greatest disparity is the area of performance. Science that looks at what you can do to make athletes go higher, faster, stronger. And so what we need to do is change culture. We need to be able to make female athletes, coaches and sports scientists recognize that special research is needed. Another area requiring action points is sustainability. With the COP26 getting closer, it is really timely for all businesses to look within and analyze their activities in achieving further sustainability. In our sustainability panel discussion, Daniel Barsky, Food and Agriculture Sector Lisa Quantis, Christina Delon, Senior Technical Specialist at Gang, and Vanessa Mayneris, founder at Little Big Collective, talked about the three key pillars of environmental, social, and economic sustainability. I think consumers today, they are aware that we have a problem and we have climate change and that's visible and we experience that. And so people need to find ways how we can make better decisions. And so it's more about also the education system. You don't want people to feel bad when they're buying a product because that's negative marketing. But a lot of sustainable brands do it in a very positive way and that works very well. This is the decade of action for nutrition. There's so much momentum around nutrition. At the end of this year in Japan, linked with the Olympics, is the Nutrition for Growth Summit. And they're looking for companies, private sector, public sector, to make commitments towards nutrition. There's many pledges that can be signed. So opportunity to get engaged. Paul Gately, professor of exercise and obesity at Leeds Beckett University, shared with us the importance of tackling obesity through collective action. With a large majority of countries approaching 30% of the population suffering from obesity, it's a problem because our global burden of disease is relevant to a number of issues. What we're seeing is rates of childhood obesity continue to rise. Arguably, one of the best models has been delivered in Amsterdam. They've got the supermarket chains. They've got a number of companies involved. The mayor of Amsterdam was very, very proactive and supportive. They've invested a significant at-scale investment across Amsterdam. And they are using what's called a sort of whole systems approach that is using collective action. In the UK, our rates of obesity are around 30%. In Amsterdam, they're relatively low in just under 10%. And yet they're seeing significant drops in levels of obesity in their children. Regulatory considerations is also of great importance for brand owners focusing on European regulations. Professor Hans Verhagen, consultant at Food Safety and Nutrition Consultancy, shares some insights. 15, 20 years ago, that the European Commission and the member states at some point decided, let's issue a regulation where it is explicitly stated that health claims on foods should only be authorized for use in the European Commission, in the European community, after a scientific assessment of the highest possible standards. 
which means EFSA. Claims should not be false or misleading. And you cannot make a claim that a food prevents, treats, or cures a disease. For health claims, where the efficacy needs to be demonstrated, there's a distinction between basic function claims, textbook knowledge claims, etc. To evaluate the science behind these claims, EFSA issued a scientific opinion in 2007, which said that the evidence that you need is all the pertinent scientific data, both the ones that are in favor as well as the ones that are not in favor. You need to be describing the characteristics of the food or the ingredient, specifications. So you need to have data in humans with study groups that are representative of the target population. There must be a causal relationship between consumption and the ultimate effect obtained by a reasonable amount of consumption. Enya Derrick, Regulatory Affairs Associate of Food Compliance, also added some key points about the use of the term probiotic in Europe. So far, there is no definition at EU level. There is no harmonization. We do have a global definition, namely that probiotics are live microorganisms. When administered in adequate amounts, they confer a health benefit to the host. But we do have some general regulation about food labeling. You state that a product contains probiotics, it would be considered a nutrition claim. Well, in 2007, with the EU guidance, this has been interpreted otherwise by the Commission because they say if you refer to probiotics as such, you talk about the functionality of the individual probiotic strains. So they say this is more than just a factual statement about the substance as such, and it implies a health benefit. And only when your health claim is included in this list, you can use them on the food products. So this means you cannot use the word probiotics as such on your labeling, not in your marketing, but you can use, namely indicating in the label, in the ingredients list, that the particular strain of bacteria is available in the product. Next to this, only for food supplements, not for uh, regular foods. You can also add the number of added bacteria in the nutrition table. Or you can say, for example, live bacterial cultures are present in the products. As you can see, there was lots of learnings and a great variety of topics covered at VitaFoods Europe 2021. And looking ahead of time, our next VitaFoods Europe will take place in May 2022. So stay tuned for more information coming soon. Thanks again for joining me and don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast. The Vita Foods Insights Industry Highlights podcast happens monthly, so be sure to stay tuned, subscribe and even suggest to a friend. Mm-hmm.